Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a while, topping the chart. Thank you for downloading the podcast, The Anos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into another episode of the Podcastianos. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, by our very own River Rascal. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you, big guy? I'm good. I'm, I'm amped up. I've been chugging the coffee here. I'm ready to... Rock and roll the old podcast tonight, Jordan. <laughs> a big weekend coming up in your neck of the woods, eh? It is for those of uh, I'm assuming you're referencing Tulip Time. Obviously, Tulip Time. Yeah, for those of us with uh, Dutch heritage, it is uh, it's lit, fam. It's <laughs> uh, it's hype with all the gray hairs rolling into town. It's, it's something. Uh, yeah, we actually had a couple questions for you about about Tulip Time. Uh, Mitch wants to know: Do you have a favorite Tulip Time cuisine? Um, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but do we have time for a short story Obviously. about Tulip Time and food? Sure. So the last time I significantly ate Tulip Time cuisine was probably probably three, four, maybe five years ago now. So we went down to Tulip Time and. Like Cherry Festival or any festival, they have the um, the vendors, like the um, like the carnival fair mm-hmm. food, junk food carts or trailers. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go down and we're gonna go junk fooding. So uh, I'm hungry. Uh, there's one that has, you know, they got the Polish sausages, they got you know elephant ears, they got the full assortment. Of foods well they had uh one was a philly cheesesteak sandwich i thought oh that that sounds pretty good yeah so i got one it was great big philly cheesesteak sandwich and it it tastes pretty good i ate the whole thing and you know we we're doing our thing i get home that night it's maybe 11 30 i wake up and i'm like this this is not going to be good <laughs> this this is bad i proceed to the bathroom and I, uh, I have a reversal and, um, that proceeded to be the very worst night of health of my life. Wow. I had food poisoning from this Philly cheesesteak sandwich and I was just hugging the toilet 
for hours and just, you know, that I don't want to be too graphic, but that deep down feeling like from your diaphragm where you just, it convulses and mm-hmm. you're like, I, I am unhappy. <laughs> I have never since eaten a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. And I don't think I've even gotten any food from Tulip Time since that moment. I, I was, I was that traumatized. I, I think that's probably so, safe. Does that really answer the the Twitter question? I, I think that more than answers the question. That's what happened. So, do you I'm do you guys scarred. like actively go down to it? Because like we avoid the Cherry Festival at all costs here. Well, to do any of the actual activities, we we do av- avoid. But we used to go to just go downtown and maybe catch a little bit of the Dodge dancing and have junk food and stuff like that. We would we would do stuff like that. Gotcha. Mrs. Wayne was not only a Dutch dancer, but she was an exhibition Dutch dancer. Dang, that's next level. So she has the Dutch. It, she was kind of for next. sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking at them right now. They're they're right here in our basement. I, I can clamp. That's alarming them. that they're so close, just out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your basement. You know, why, who doesn't have Dutch shoes? In, in their basement the belgians people belgian people probably yeah that's yeah. you're right um so we were in midland wow. this past that weekend a, that was a bunny trail sorry uh, oh no i i was very much hoping to go down i had no idea that we were going to get so graphic with the story but i mean that was the plan all along was to was to go down this... i try to sh- i try to sugarcoat it a little bit don't want too much graphic vomit detail okay tell me about your story uh, oh first trip down to Di- dow diamond where the um dow diamond uh the loons great, yeah great or great lakes loons it was it yeah. was really fun um midland is one of those places like from tc it's close but it's not like that close you know what i mean right. like, yep. it's, it's not going all the way down to comerica but it's still kind of a day thing um, sure. But we met the broadcaster, um, radio broadcaster, oh, wow. Brad Tunney, who was really nice, showed us around kind of the radio booth and the radio station. It's like built into the stadium, like his office at, oh, the, okay. at the ESPN radio station, like looks out over over the stadium. It was like it's almost like if you have uh, in uh, a place of, of business that you can do more than one thing in there, like you can have yeah. a ballpark and it can be, you know, office buildings and whatnot. Um, That's kind of cool. But the, the the bit I really wanted to get to, have you been to a, a Loons game? Never. So they do this thing whenever there appears appears to be whenever there's runners in scoring position. It's called the funky feather. Um, so I don't I posted a video of this if, if you're interested. But uh, techno music comes on and everyone just kind of like raises their arms back and forth. There's like a, um, a loon on the scoreboard that does it. it it's kind of like a, a mini dance. Everyone gets yep. real funky, but like the first you had time we had techno music, the uh, first time it happened, everyone just like did it instinctually. I'm like, wait, this is a real thing. Like everyone knows what the funky, the funky feather, feather is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have a, a rally camel that, that gets rallies going much in the way a rally goose would. But, One hump or two? Um, to be honest, all it had on the scoreboard was a face. So the humps really oh. didn't kind of didn't, didn't really enter into the, the equation. Yeah. I, of course, got myself a, a camel T-shirt because, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for such things. But yeah, really nice little ballpark, fun atmosphere. Um, I I'd definitely recommend a day trip down. Good or, on you, loons. Or for, Good you, job. for you guys, probably a, a trip up as yeah, yeah. pretty much <laughs> we're the only ones north of of Midland. Anyway, brings us to this week's leadoff question. Uh, what is your personal favorite minor league baseball shenanigans? Well, I, I mean, the classic is the Dizzy Bat Race, which is always good for some LOLs. Um, yeah. 
some, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to vary this a little bit and say, uh, one of my favorite things is actually a major league shtick, and that is beat the freeze. Oh yeah, I love beat the freeze because um, you have this this guy in a silly costume or a spandex or whatever, and I find it incredibly entertaining. You have a fan trying to do something athletic and the joy of beat the freeze is this guy needs to judge the speed of his opponent and let him get an appropriate head start. You know, if it's too little, you don't create no, you create no interest. So it's a timing thing and then beat the freeze. You know, he, he lets the guy get about a third or half of the way. Boom. Here goes the freeze. He's running. And oh, he's coming. And boom, there goes the freeze past him. And it's exciting. I, I think it's I think it's a clever promotion. Yes, I, I love beat the freeze. I wanted it so that the freeze never lost, you know, kind of like the opposite of whatever race the mascot you have elsewhere where the mascot always loses. I kind of wanted him to be invincible, but he's he's lost yep. a few times. But yeah, but that's to me, that's kind of exciting. Like I, I want him to win. I want him to try to win every time. Oh, but yeah. with by the slimmest of margins, that's what makes it exciting. I was at the game at a game where the freeze lost and you can tell the tale forever. <laughs> that's just, I thought you were saying from personal experience. I'm like, when did you no, get down there? No, no, no. I feel I'm, like I would have known. But yeah, I transported myself to the third person. First, second. <laughs> sure. Fourth, fourth person. I don't know. It was for sure. Fourth. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this probably comes as a surprise to you, but my favorite is the dog bat boys. Like it doesn't get any better than a dog running and fetching the bat after every at bat. Yeah, it does get a lot better than no, that. It you get dog slobber awesome. all over your bat. And then the umpires are trying to intervene with, you know, bat, bad fetching. Am I, um, am I the batter that has to have the dog, you know, slobber on the bat? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's the hitter's problem. And, to my to my knowledge, the the bat dogs, or whatever you would call them, are are one hundred percent as far as as fetching the the bats. Wow, there's a reminds me of the story about the monkey who operated the switcher at the railroad station back in anyway, with perfect perfect accuracy. Huh. I'm off track. Okay, uh, tell me more about the dogs. Oh, there was a um a bat dog for the Greensboro Grasshoppers that bat dogged for six hundred and forty nine games consecutively. Isn't isn't Traverse City where they had the dog who um, was at the airport? Yeah, R.I.P. Piper. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring it up. No, it was Piper better. was a was a absolute Traverse City legend. He he probably had more Instagram followers than anyone else in this town. Like legit anyone else. Not that there's a ton of Traverse City celebrities, but no, he uh, he would go out um, with the. I think the manager of the airport over and he would run out of the car and like scare the, the foul off the, the runway. And yes. he became a, I, I would say a minor celebrity, but for the, for the area that would be underselling it. He was, he was a, a big, big deal. And, but he sadly, he passed a, a couple of years ago. It, it was a, like it was a fairly emotional um, scene at his funeral. Is that what we call it for dogs? Like I didn't, I didn't go, but I read some of the reports and, yeah. 
All right, let's let's move on to happy topics. Um, on Twitter, I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordinio four, uh, and we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. I looked it up. We do have a few reviews, and I will read them now. Are you comfortable oh with that setup? Yeah, go for it. All right, uh, Sla Sla Train. Um, gave us five slot train, slot train. Yes, yeah. gave us yeah. five stars. Great duo. These guys are the Davy Cruz and Damon Easley double play duo of Detroit Tiger <laughs> podcast. Uh, thanks for sure. And then, they were good. I mean, they weren't Tram and, and Whitaker good, but they were, that was a decent double play combo. It's like the double okay. play combo of my youth. Sure. Okay. Um, and the next one is from, uh, Theo five, eight, two, eight best serial podcast. Um, Looks like five stars. <laughs> also a good Tigers podcast, at least compared to the other ones. Good Tigers podcast. Um, We're trying to run over 50% on, on Tigers content. That's that's the only threshold we really need to reach. If we get 51% Tigers talk, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, we're, we're pretty bad, depending on depending on what you, what you show up for. You're right. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannos. Um, so Eric, uh, here we sit on May 6th or Seis de Mayo as, as they call it. Um, and the lazy among the, the lazy Spanish speakers among us. Yes. Uh, yes. the lads are a very unterrible 15 and 16. Yeah. Since yeah. The, the last time we spoke, we watched that bonkers game, um, where we coughed up the eight, one lead against the white Sox. I gotta be honest with you. I turned that game off. I, you know, typically yeah. when you're winning 8-1, you just go ahead and win the game. But, you know, right. stuff happens. Um, and then, of course, oh. yesterday we won on the, um, obviously, a Brandon Dixon walk-off homer, just like we all assumed. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that we worried about before the season is that it was going to be kind of dull, boring baseball. Um, and quite honestly, like, it hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been bad, but it's been fairly entertaining. When we lose, we lose hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. two games ago... We just got Tyson, Tyson Ross, and then everyone else, basically, with the exception of the Fernandez guy, mm-hmm. the guy shelled. Jose, Jose just, Manuel just Fernandez, crushed. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Him. <laughs> after after a while, you, you you lose the ability to keep accurate track of all the people on the team. Well, Sorry. I uh, think he <laughs> is Jose Fernandez, other than how, you know, like – infamous not infamous how synonymous with the name jose fernandez the prior jose fernandez yeah you know what i mean yeah like, yeah, yeah other than him having existed i think he probably would just be jose fernandez which would be a yeah, lot easier for us to remember right anyway. he, he made he's making a sound choice using the middle name yeah, yeah that's good. good uh but um so that game every pitcher got shelled especially the um maybe now it's time to to bring it up yeah speaking we of that sad rip, things, rip the band-aid t- off yep um, our boy Drew Verhagen, your boy Drew Verhagen, got shelled again and was dismissed. Yes. So here's the thing: uh, everyone who's ever listened to the show knows <laughs> he's my boy, and I will defend him to the end. But it was approaching that time. Like he's had some, he's had some very rough patches. Yes. I I w- I am willing to give him more rope than just about anyone else, and even I was like. Eh, we're approaching that point. He's kind of done. Yeah. Yep. And, he, and maybe change of scenery will help him. Maybe he'll go someplace else. I I don't know who's going to scoop him up. I, I don't know if he's going to go to Toledo, but it was kind of from Guardy's comments. It was kind of like, yeah, he's, he's kind of done here. Yeah. 
Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, if, if that's the case, if he has no future, let him move on. Let, you know, go sure. somewhere else. Hopefully, um, I, I hate to say it because I'd love to see him stay in the organization, but hopefully he does move on to, to a different organization because I do think that there's talent there. I mean, obviously, I've been yammering about it for five yeah. years now. Um, but, uh, but you're right. His his time was up. I mean, uh, you just can't keep doing that. No. Um, so we might have an ace in Matthew Boyd. Um, how many? Wow. So here's the here's the big question I have for you. How many starts okay. do you need to see as the sample size before before you start to accept? Before what? I'm coronating him as the ace as of ace, of aces. ace Matthew Boyd. Well, it's not like he's coming out of nowhere. He's established a pretty sound floor for himself the last couple of years. The the what the work his body of work thus far has been solid. Yeah, so it's absolutely. not like he's coming from nothing. And now it's been how how many starts? I should probably seven. like look at him. It's been seven starts. Yep. And he doesn't have a dud among them. Correct. And he is striking people out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um it isn't he f- first or top couple in pitcher war in the AL? Yeah, and in FIP. He, and he, in FIP. He leads amongst amongst qualified major league starters. He leads right. in both FIP and war. Yep. So we're a month in the season. We're a, a fifth, a sixth of the way through the season already. Yeah, it's pretty like strong. It's yeah. Pretty strong. Um, I, I spent some time on, on fan graphs today. Uh, yes. Six and a half innings per start. That is... Uh, that's Good. very solid. Uh, sixth among qualified starters in strikeouts per nine. Um, top five wow. and fewest homers per innings pitched. Um, and ninth amongst amongst qualifiers in xFIP. Um, the one the you know some of the stats that I use to think of as predictive stats xFIP obviously. Um, you know, ninth in in baseball that that's pretty good. Um, sixth in strikeouts per nine. Gotta love that. Um, the, the low home run per innings pit, like it is a very small sample size. It's, you know, uh, what a quarter of the starts that he's going to get over the course of the year. Yep. Um, but man, you know where the, you know what chatter is happening now though, don't you? Is he, the chatter is, is he not starting to bubble up is, are we going to trade him? Um, and that, that always pains me because it's like, Oh, somebody's doing good. What's how can how soon can we get rid of them? Yeah. And that's just defeatist mentality to me. And here's little, I actually I actually had that in my in my list of questions to ask you. Is he a trade piece? Here's the thing. Where, here's where I come from on this one. He's 28 years old. That is firmly in the range of when pitchers take the next step into that kind of elite territory. Like there's sure. no reason to necessarily think that this isn't just what ha- what happens to somebody yes. in his his profile. Um the the curve the bell curve or exactly. however you're saying is in his favor yes the idea of trading guys is to get somebody who eventually will do hopefully what he's doing like he's doing it he's you know cost control like i don't see any circumstance barring getting a potential impact bat where you right. move him at this point at least without him showing some some cracks in the armor Right. Well, the Tigers are in no position to refuse any conversation. Um, Yeah, of course. But I I think somebody would have to bring a pretty hearty ransom to to get Boyd away. Plus, plus we we need some we need some bodies to pitch for us. It's getting pretty bad. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when when Ryan Carpenter is squarely in the discussion to get some starts, uh, like you kind of need every arm you have. But I mean, 
you know, obviously we're not in the clubhouse. We don't see these guys every day, but he seems like a pretty strong influence on the clubhouse. Um, and with all these young, young pitchers coming up, like having somebody who turned himself from, you know, kind of a mid-level prospect into a frontline type guy, like, I think there's some value in that too, not just in great pitching coaching and, and whatnot, which we don't super have either. Boyd, some for us to be excited about. Yeah. Good for Boyd. Speaking of things to be excited about, Spencer Turnbull, um, another yeah. great start. Liking what you're seeing out of him? Absolutely. He's been fun. And, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I can break down his arsenal and everything like that, but he's um, he's performed like in some clutch at bats, uh, clutch uh, situations where he needed kind of that last out, maybe even with a guy on or something, pitching out a little bit of trouble. The guy is tough, mentally tough, and obviously he's got good good stuff, but he doesn't seem overwhelmed by his situation as a young pitcher. And he's what I like twenty six or something like that. Like he yeah, is a little bit super older young. than yeah, your yeah. typical rookie, which I th- I think kind of lends itself towards what you're saying there. Inexperienced at the major league level, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like he's another one. Like you know, sample size, obviously a question, but all the indicators have him um, amongst qualifiers at least middle of the pack to slightly above. I mean, he's like, there are yeah. reasons to believe that what he's uh, doing right now is sustainable. And what I think is really interesting, um, he's yielding a batting average against of 215 with the base is empty. And any situation where he'd be in the stretch is much higher. Um, and I think that how he develops um, his ability to pitch out of the stretch is kind of the difference between him being, you know, kind of a guy clinging to a career versus someone who really succeeds. Um, as, as, you know, obviously I didn't pitch at a, at a, that level, but as someone who pitched in college, like there is a difference in pitching from the stretch to pitching in the windup. Mm-hmm. But in, in a lot of ways, like the stretch is everything just simplified. Like there's so many less moving pieces. I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, I guess you do it less. I, I, I don't know. Like it was never not to brag, but like it was never super like a problem. I, th- I wonder if controlling the running game is actually kind of the issue as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, I don't know. I I think maybe he's paying a little too close attention to the running game, which is interesting because he's got a relatively decent throwing catcher behind the plate. I don't know. That's that's kind of what I've been wondering about in watching him is, is what what's the deal out of the stretch? OK, uh, that also that's something I'll pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you really should. Um, Thank you for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> so Daniel Norris, um, let's let's just talk about him briefly, because I feel like we, we talk about every week. Now three straight acceptable starts. Um, yeah. Could have been the last one uh, in the NL part could have been a little bit longer if, if he hadn't been pitched hit for. Um, right. Happy with the progress. But again, so far. I was still comfortable with them because it's a blessing in disguise, because every time Norris can get through five solid, I'm always kind of like, OK. Get him, get him out of there. Good. To a certain extent, uh, I agree. I think at some point we're going to have to let him try and figure yeah. his way through the third time through the order. But, you know, it, it doesn't have to be in his third start of the year. Yeah, his his numbers are are solid. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's I, I sent you the email. It's kind of been the, the studs and duds um, uh, rotation for the Tigers, and I've kind of put Norris in the in the studs category. You got Boyd, Turnbull, and Norris. Uh, I mean, you, you got a serviceable uh, crew there. Now, 
when you get into the other ones, maybe not so much, but, uh, you know, there's something here. Yeah. In my notes, I have Tyson Ross continues to eat innings. No, 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 he doesn't. Tyson Ross, his last outing was just a turd fest. I mean, it was, it was his first start off the deep. Like, I don't know. Before that he was eating innings at a slightly below league average rate. Like there's, that's, that's fine. We're, we're not going to win. And as you say, we need somebody to throw the ball to the plate a, a, a couple times. And he is somebody was, that is doing that. I was more excited about Tyson Ross before. I will refrain from bad-mouthing Tyson Ross. I'm sure he's fine. I'm I'm not entirely convinced that that's not one that's going to come good. You're con- if, what, you think he, he is going to be good or not good? I think he could come good, yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely don't think he's for sure going to, I just think that he could. Okay. Which is great, right. great, great analysis. <laughs> um, so continuing our things, uh, our theme of things not being boring. Uh, Mickey had some interesting comments yeah. regarding his protection in the lineup and uh, the fans perspective on his power. I'll try and sum them up for you real quick. Um, let's see three different bullet points harder to hit homers because he's being pitched to differently with no protection, which Bull. Bull? Are you are you serious? What? Yeah, I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big protection guy. All right, all right. Well, well, well let's get into that. Why? I'm curious. I I've read that and like, yep, that tracks. I didn't even give it a second thought. No, I mean, so the the fancy stats guys, I mean, have really tried to build a pretty good argument about why lineup protection isn't that big of a thing. Okay, this is this is actually new to me. Can you at least give me some some framework here? Okay, uh, Barry Bonds was mm-hmm. Barry Bonds good at hitting? Yes, yes, yeah, really good. Who did he have behind him? Legitimately, no idea. Like Jeff Kent. You Jeff know, Kent was a good player. He, I, he's well, fine. Any right. anyway, <laughs> but the point of the fancy sabermetric guys is lineup protection is mostly a myth. All right, like how. Unless it's like a straight up intentional walk situation, how, why why is a pitcher's pitch selection going? It shouldn't be significantly different. If you think you can get get a guy out best on breaking balls, you should throw breaking balls regardless of who's coming up next. Yeah, I mean that there is something I'd have to, to point that. you. I'd have to point you to like an article where they kind of you know, uh, enforce this, but they've looked at performances of hitters based on who's behind them. And the correlation is, is, is pretty weak. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that could very well be, uh, I, I do think there is a little bit to the, um, the unintentional intentional walks that he inevitably will get more of with, with Nico hitting fourth than, you know, Prince Fielder, like he, he quoted, okay. but let's, let's accept the premise more or less that line of protection is a thing and and let's move forward okay uh let's see the other one uh he's not worried about the power only and i'm quoting here getting the job done okay all right so the ichiro approach you know i guess just getting that just getting that knock we're not worried about the homers and get it homers if he wanted to his his last point fans don't need to worry about his power <laughs> Which it almost seems like maybe he's making an excuse or two here. That let me translate it for you. Fans don't need to worry about me. Like fans should get off off my back. That's really what I mean. I mean, 
fans should not be busted my my balls is what he's saying or he would prefer if they if they didn't right yeah um um so i have i have two takes on these comments by all means the my first take is um yeah the, i mean this is not a big deal Everybody can just back up off him a little bit. Miguel Cabrera is a triple crown winner, Hall of Famer. Um, and uh, just to criticize him because he's hitting almost 300. But yeah, he, OK, he's not hitting 300 good enough. Yeah, OK, he could be a little surly about that. And um, so that's point number one. And yet at the same time, um, you start to get a little annoyed with Mr. Cabrera. Do you not? Yeah. I mean, some of his off-field shenanigans and some of his temperament on the bench, uh, you know, he just looks a little ornery and surly. Now, you don't have to be Mr. Happy Pants and, um, you know, charming fans all the time, but you should do your job without a lot of complaining and and uh, and be persistent in your approach towards your job. And maybe don't bring the fans into it. Just you know, say, yeah, there's a little bit of lack of power, uh, but I'm not too worried about it. It's going to come around. That's a fine thing to say. Do you think that and maybe don't don't complain about your teammates in lineup protection either? So uh, I get where he's coming from and people should probably just relax. And yet it's easy to fall out of love a little bit when a guy is a little surly. Do you think he's overstayed his welcome in Detroit a little bit? Like, and obviously we signed him to, you know, a Buku extension. Like he's not going anywhere. But do you think that he's been here so long? We've started to not appreciate him and have him get on our nerves. Like, I just feel like there's, there's a bit of familiarity that when you've been at a place for so long, it's almost like a a sibling, like, uh, you know, somebody that you've been around for so long. Um, you know. saw that people loved Brandon Inge, but towards the end, I mean, people were ready to run him out of town. Now they've kind of forgotten about it and he shows up on a broadcast. Oh, yeah, everybody loves Inge. No, I, I don't think we've gotten to that level yet because Cabrera is far better than, oh. yeah. you know, um, yes, and do. even at this stage, he's I mean, he's hitting the ball. Um, so, uh, you can see maybe some hairline fractures in the facade of our, of our love of Miguel Cabrera, but no, I don't think it's anything, you know, anything bad. He gets a couple hot months here and hits the cover off the ball and, you know, you're going to see just as many people with the Cabrera jerseys as ever. I mean, he's, he's still a fixture for the Tigers and he's, he'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. So- if he gets a lot worse, I mean, th- those cracks start to spread a little bit. But. Yeah. Uh, let's move on and talk about someone who hasn't had any power issues. And obviously that is Ronnie Rodriguez. <laughs> El Felino. <laughs> El Felino. Uh, leads the club in offensive war despite uh, having only racked up 50 plate appearances this year. Now, obviously that reflects well on Ronnie Rod. But there's a flip side of that coin of a lot of players that it doesn't reflect quite so well on. When Ronnie Rodriguez comes up to bat right now, I'm, I'm kind of excited and hopeful. And I, and I thought two things. That's cool and fun. And then I thought, that's pathetic. That, that I'm yes. excited about Rod, Rodriguez. But we needed something, right? Yeah. I mean, Gordon Beckham can't provide all the power all the time. <laughs> I mean, 
freaking ridiculous. <laughs> now, Candelario finally had a home run the other day. But, yeah, we're we're searching in the dark for somebody to provide a little bit of offense. Yeah, I feel like early in the year I said that Nico is kind of one of our, our main playmakers in that offense. He's kind of faded and into that role has stepped Cepriani Rad. Yeah, and with Nico, um, I really wasn't paying attention very much until Dickerson was talking about it on the radio, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's he's kind of in a slump here a little bit." Poor yeah, Nico. I think he's down to like two thirty, and not that batting average is everything, but yeah, I mean, two twenty four. It's not, it's yeah, not a terrible reflection of of how he's done. Um, I think I think it's just a little case with with Nico being found out. I mean, you don't necessarily look at Nico on a, a, a decent club and think, oh yeah, everyday player. You think of a guy that can help you when you pick your spots. Right. Now, we have do you not think had that luxury. You think for the opposition that's like pitch selection type things, or do you think it's just a matter of of attention? Like we're we're devoting more cognitive resources to getting Nico Goodrum out. That would be my assumption. I mean okay. if I'm approaching a lineup, a big league lineup, I mean there's only so many guys that you can prepare for. Like you okay. Know, the guys, guys at the bottom, and you know when when Jose Iglesias was hitting too, like you, you don't worry about those guys so much. When Nico sure. is your four hitter and he's one of the main bats, like that is somebody that you you know come up with a game plan for. Right. Right. Um, I get it. So let's see. Uh, Ronnie Rod slugging seven uh, eleven, which that that's decent. Um, yes. Once, once again, it is Ronnie Rod. Um, some more numbers, just for your for your pleasure. Uh, he's doubled his walk rate from last year. Um, That's the most notable thing to me. I, he's he's more patient at the plate in this last little outburst here the last week or two. I mean, he's really been more patient at the plate. Yeah, he he's his batting average on balls in play is only three seventy five. Like that that's high, but it's not like outrageous. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, he's not 450 in that category. Um, and even more interesting, I think his fly ball and line drive rates are easily career highs and he's pulling the ball at almost a 33% higher clip than career norms. So that makes a little sense to me. Cause, um, do you remember his batting stance and like pre pitch his waggle? Yeah. Super, I'll, I'll super say. closed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very peculiar kind of batting stance. And um, he's retooled that significantly. It's much more um, simplified, less effort, you know, really more ready, ready to go with with bats ball. So um, are you prepared to credit Detroit's hitting coaches and staff for this kind of? I mean, he came up. <laughs> He came up from Toledo with that stance, so I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. know that I, I okay. believe that it was, was legendary Lloyd. I mean – I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek if you Obviously. I, I have a, a pretty strong belief that everything in baseball is about quietness. You know, I love a, oh, quietness. Sh- a short, mm. compact delivery um, from a pitcher. I like just kind of a clean bat-to-ball swing without all that extra, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. movement. So um, we should be putting Zen gardens and koi ponds in the dugout. Yeah. Instead of. Absolutely. One of the, I hate, I hate too much noise. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Get um, line your chakra. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm buying it a little bit. Like I do. I think that Ronnie Rod is going to turn into a, you know, three war player. No, probably not. But I used to think that he was amongst the worst baseball players I'd ever seen. And now I think less of that. Doug McCavich said Ronnie Rodriguez was the best player in AAA all of last uh, last year. That is a an indictment on AAA. 
<laughs> well, okay, so Ronnie Rodriguez, he's a he's a stocky, kind of powerfully built dude. You can see him hitting for some power. This isn't like a fluke. No, no, I definitely mean, not. I, especially with uh, I didn't check into his launch angle, but I would I would venture a guess that that yeah. has has improved. Well, I mean, from for a, a power hitting perspective, has improved. All right. Well, we're excited about Ronnie Rodriguez. Gosh, what, if that where tells are we you at? something about the yeah. Detroit Tigers, um, let's let's we're running a little bit long, but I I do want to hit on Casey Mize based on on the no hitter. Um, they have a good one on their hands in this dude. No, no, in his first start with Erie last Monday against the Altoona Curve. Uh, faced one above the minimum, one walk, uh, one hit by pitch, seven strikeouts. Dude's a stud. And how about that? I mean, you get promoted. You're in a new city. You're you're trying to figure out where the where the clubhouse is, and you just stroll out there and mow people down. I watched a little bit of that game live, actually, um, and he had like a four pitch inning. There were some relatively hard hit balls, but they were right, right at guys, which you need in a no hitter, but working super efficiently, just pounding the strike zone. And his comments afterwards were, were fascinating. He's like, yeah, you know, I really didn't have my best stuff. I didn't have my best fastball. And so, you know, I just really had to go out there with what I had to make do. And I'm like, dude, you threw a freaking no hitter. That's pretty good. Yeah, and his reward for that no hitter was said interview with uh, with with Shep and Gibby, um, that was just an absolute dynamo. <laughs> the best the best part I think we we exchanged messages about this was oh whose home run was it? Um, um, somebody hit a home run, and Shep is like, uh, ring the Liberty Bell. <laughs> 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 like, why Shep? Why? Hold on, Casey. Just a second. I got one queued up for this. Yeah, and it was Bring the Liberty Bell. It was one that you could tell he thought of earlier in the day. He's like, "Oh, I gotta mix that in." This is great no, material. No, Chef, you don't have to mix that in. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I, I, my mom taught me, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Maybe some short shows this summer. If that's if that's our take on the Tigers. <laughs> But my love for Shep, who seems like a terrific guy and does a, a very serviceable job, but my love for him and his style is is not that hot right now. I would, I'm, I'm not totally digging it. Agree with that. Um, Mario was was better at his job. He, he surely not to was. say Shep is bad. I it's just. Uh, and it's not fair because Dan Dickerson is an absolute stud. Yes. I adore Dan Dickerson forever. I heart him. Uh, so in the contrast between the radio broadcast and the quality of Dickerson on the radio and the television broadcast altogether is pretty stark. Agreed. Um, back to Casey Mize real quick before we go to power rankings. How yes. aggressive uh, do you think they'll be with him this summer? And how aggressive would you be with him? I don't think they'll be aggressive at all. I don't think he'll see the Tigers this year. Well, I don't I don't think he will. I don't, um, I don't you'd so have either. to tell me something about the whole clock thing. Um, but you could you could imagine a situation where he's with the big league club after the the rookie clock shenanigans, you know, a couple weeks off to start the season next year. And then he's up with the club. You could imagine that. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think he ends the year down at or up at Toledo. 
um, this yeah. year. I honestly, if he does, I'm I might have to make a trip south. I'd, I'd love to see him in uh, in Toledo before he makes the jump. Um, and I, I think that's probably what they'll do. And that's probably how I would. I, I don't see a scenario where he pitches in the big leagues this year, and I, I would probably prefer that. Now, if the Tigers for some reason set the world on fire and are competing oh, for, sure. for a wild a wild uh, card spot, I, I, you run them up. Yeah. Uh, say, hey, you're getting a chance. We're going to try to win a wild card spot. I, I, it's a stretch of the imagination to see that scenario, yeah. isn't it? I'd like to go on, out on a limb and say um, I yeah, don't that's think that's going to happen. But if it were, Casey Mize is, is there. All right. option. Let's move on to your power rankings. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Power rankings. You know, it's been a beautiful spring day the last couple of days. Um, sunny. Uh, I took my, my son out and we went to the, the local playground yesterday. Um, and so I have for you things to play on at the playground. Wow. All right. Okay. So I have to tell you, um, playgrounds have changed quite a bit since I was a child and maybe since you've been a child. Well, you were a child like 64 years ago, so I'm not super surprised there. Yes. When I was on the playground, things were made with dirt and iron (laughs) And, and uh, steel, yeah, yeah. bronze, <laughs> yeah, and um, maybe some wood chips, maybe if you're if you're they're really safety conscious. There was mercury now, everywhere, <laughs> some PFAS just everywhere. Um, so now playgrounds, they have the cushy rubber pellets, you know, and let me tell you, playgrounds honestly are better today than they were. When I was a kid and I don't want to hear any nostalgia BS about, you know, back when men were men and, you know, women milk the cows or whatever. No, today things are better and safer and that's probably fine. Okay. Okay. That's, I, I'm that's, not going to argue with that. That's a, that's a fairly controversial playground take, but I have for you the elements, the top elements in a playground that are fun. Okay. The first one, um, the seventh best is the, is the actual play structure like the tree house you go up and there's like a platform sometimes they might have like a steering wheel or like a tic-tac-toe block that you spin and kids kind of treat that as a as a lookout as a clubhouse you can go up and enjoy the the play structure that's number seven okay all right number six is a slide slides uh are fun 
but they're a little lower on the list because of the the thrill to effort ratio. To That's me. true. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised they were that low, but you do have to. And I can you first hike up. Yeah. And, yeah. To me, I as a youth, I always like to climb up the slidey part of the slide. I can see that rebel from birth. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you jam up and then somebody slides down, you crash into each other. It was it was a very violent type of thing. Now, of course, they have all plastic slides, which remain a little cooler. But in my day, they were all like steel or aluminum and they'd get hot in the summer. You'd burn yourself on the on the slide. It was a dangerous deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Okay. Number five is, okay. what is the name for a, uh, a piece of wood? affixed to a pivot that goes up and down teeter-totter you went teeter-totter i was gonna go seesaw to me that's the the go-to label for this thing okay but you went teeter-totter teeter-totters and seesaws are good i mean it's a trash toy either way but whatever dude the teeter-totters are great it's a uh it's fun to get like a um a fat kid on one side (laughs) and the skinny kid on the other and you just kind of launch them and you kind of, or maybe you get two skinny kids for a fat kid. Yeah, that, that seems about the right ratio. You know, and you up and down, you teeter totter. Now, when I was a kid, there was a playground that had this amazing uh, four way teeter totter. Oh. It was like in a, it was like in an X. And so, oh, you know, you're you're going in a circle and moving. It's teetering and tottering. Man, you got some bougie playgrounds where you're from. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, number four is the springy horse thing. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. So you get on this, you got to be careful now when you're a man of, you know, you're a man like me and bigger, you get on the springy horse and you tip that thing back and forth and it rocks. That's a, that's a fun thing to do. You got to be careful of your, your private parts. Yeah. That seems like you don't want that thing springing back. And, uh, or you don't want to bend all the way forward and you're like, Oh no. Oh no! And then you got to let it go to sprung. It sprungs up. Can't have that. Can't have that. But for kids, the spring horse is pretty fun. It's probably got a name. I'm gonna call it spring horse. Um, number three is a sandbox. Sandboxes are fun. You make you make castles. There's a reason why sandbox video games are fun. It's the same reason sandboxes are fun. There's do it. There's fun. one possible outcome that is comes from playing in a sandbox, and that is being filthy. That is the only yeah. that's the only takeaway from a sandbox. You you seem like kind of a, a clean person. You I know, am an extremely of, clean person. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of childhood is just, you know, ingesting some bacteria from a sandbox. You gotta build up the immunity a little bit. I, I for sure did not do that as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Sandboxes are fun. Um, number two is swings. Swings are great because it can be an active thing where you're you know pumping and underdogs and and really swinging but swings are also good because they're just kind of a fun passive thing where you sit next to somebody on the swing and maybe you you share a few words of conversation and you just you just enjoy the the revels the the revelry of a a simple childhood on the swings i feel like i have no no issue or image of a of a swing other than like two emo dudes sitting there like you know discussing how how black their souls are yeah where else are the emo guys gonna go to discuss blackness of souls you need need hopefully back to 2005 but you know we we do still have some just tells you swings are a good place to discuss life 
Get yourself that leather droopy rubber saddle and, <laughs> and you're good. Don't don't uh if you're an adult, don't go with the um the baby swing and put your legs through there because maybe you'll need to call the fire department to get you out. That feels like something most most adults would, would know. Just trust me on this one. Okay. <laughs> your thighs are a certain size. Don't go for the baby swing. Okay. Number one, you got a guess all? My main guess is monkey bars, but that feels a little bit too intensive for you. So I'm I'm not sure. Monkey bars is certainly not the right answer. Yeah. The right answer is the merry-go-round. <laughs> this is my one throwback to a wilder, more chaotic day. And that is the merry-go-round is a device of chaos. Um, it's the only legalized drug for youth. And you put yourself on this thing and you get dizzy. And you, yeah, that's, that's the rush of choice for the elementary school set so many things you can do with the merry-go-round you sit you know you kind of uh you stick your your body way out and you get it spinning and then you pull in and it goes faster it's a it's a study in, in centrifugal force centripetal force in forces science and uh and it's fun you know the kids run around and inevitably they like crash always crying with the merry-go-round it teaches you good life lessons merry-go-round's an intense and fun playground toy that's number one it's beautiful. Well put. Okay. The three worst. Um, third from the worst is any kind of these musical elements. Oh, Nowadays, for sure. Like the, the drum or like the chimes. You know. How do you feel kids, about wind chimes in general? I'm curious. I like wind, I like wind chimes. I find some them people, unsettling. Yeah, some people hate them. Yeah. I, I think they're fine. Anyway. Um, the musical elements are kind of fun at first. You know, kids can kind of bang on it. But you know every kid has got to try it and that's annoying af <laughs> yeah. all right um second from the worst is like a balance beam or like these little balance things okay you walk across it big whoop you know it's not high off the ground you're not married congratulations <laughs> yeah you made it across the balance beam you know the floor is not lava okay it's wood chips <laughs> not that exciting all right. no whimsy so, yeah, don't use your imagination. Stop that. No, just... um, number one worst, and it's already been mentioned, Hall. You want to take a guess? Monkey bars? Monkey bars is is trash. Like, who has who has the upper body strength for the monkey bars or the jungle gym? Children. Really? A lot of children. Do we really need a nation of little ninja warriors? To be no. honest, no. With our with our current o obesity problem, it might not be the worst idea. But these poor kids, there's, you know, they're not doing pull-ups on these things. Little obese kids are like slipping off and crying. Can't do the, the monkey bars. It's a lot of effort. Maybe I just don't like the monkey bars because I think there's a chance of that. Yeah, uh, it's they're they're hard to do. Okay, they're hard to do. Don't <laughs> like the monkey bars. <laughs> All right, that was power rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. All right, uh, nothing on the side of the road this week. They were doing, um, you know, the uh, like adopt a highway or adopt a road, whatever cleanup. So there's all these like brightly colored bags on the side of the road, but no hmm. like fun stuff because it was all picked up. They just picked up. Oh, yeah. see, isn't that nice? No, it's... being a clean person like you are, I figure you'd appreciate it. Though. I mean, I do, but also like take your trash with you. Like, why are you leaving it on the side of the road? Finish your job. 
you know? Because the pickers are not the same people as the loaders, evidently. But they could be. Like, we, could all, be. we all have trash. Send bins. a truck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into Twitter questions. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comerica, Comerica Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. Uh, first yeah. one comes in from our buddy Keenan at Tiger underscore Lifer. Uh, when approaching other runners on the mean streets of TC, does Jordan go with the wave, the head nod, or does he pretend not to see them? Now, this is an excellent question. In general, when I pass people that I know um, or or don't know, I just pretend not to not to see them because I'm oh, that's frosty. 100 percent of the time trying to avoid any sort of communication. But on the road, I think you would know this about me. My go-to move is the finger guns. I'll give them two or three finger guns apiece um, as we as we as we run by each other. Um, now, say, two or three finger guns—that's yeah, a lot. Like, that's you know, a you big get arsenal. Well, if you have both fingers out, like two or three shakes, you know, that's not that's not an unreasonable amount of finger guns. Okay, all right, uh, good to know. Now, same question for you, except with mall walkers. <laughs> I was in the mall recently. I thought, you know, this is a good place to walk. There's a lot of scenery. It's always climate controlled. I one thousand percent believe you had that exact thought. <laughs> maybe, maybe mall walkers have it right. Mm, maybe. I mean, generally they're all super old people. So, you know, I, maybe I should start mall walking. Start a revolution. Oh, uh, you should uh, like Instagram live while you do that. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be hot. It would be it'd be something. Um, next one comes from uh, Billy Spire at Billy Spire. He says thoughts on Daz Cameron. Yeah, he's a he's a good baseball player. He had a little little slump here recently, but then he hit a bomb the other day. Um, just, just these are all Mickey, real. The gym. power is the only thing that matters. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's still the most promising position player we have. Yeah. Well, him him or Paredes, yeah. Mm, yeah yeah you don't hear as much about Paredes these days i wonder how he's doing yeah that's that's the kind of thing that we could look up not going to um at cam like we have one we have one crummy team to keep track of it's hard to keep track of everybody there's like there's like 600 people in the tigers organization i think that's true it's, it's hard to know them all you know and i i devote a lot of mental resources to ulrich boyarski so i can't i don't have time for everybody speaking of you see ulrich the other was it last night going for the cycle for the cycle heck yeah, yeah ulrich yeah. big yeah. boy don't ask me about jose fernandez but i do know about <laughs> ulrich boyarski yeah priorities uh at cam gerard at cam underscore gerard which for, oh so he posted a picture of uh the you know the fancy place setting um at a at a fancy dinner table yeah, yeah it says yeah. which fork do i use to open the capri sun pouch that defied my straw man you ever you ever um stab a capri sun and you you double puncture you just go right through i don't I haven't I thought, had a Capri Sun since childhood, so I, I probably wasn't strong enough to do that. I'm actually. a little, I'm a little hulky with the fingers, like a, a little clumsy. It's just like stabbed right through. Do you have trouble texting? I yeah, I have fat fingers. What can I say? Well, I, they're strong, strong fingers. <laughs> I'm good, at, dude. I, my secret power is I'm really good at opening jars. That's it's not nothing. I mean, you can do worse. Yeah, it keeps me married. You know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm useful around the house. <laughs> You open jars and you yell at yell at turkeys. That's that's the <laughs> your jars open house. and the turkeys away. What more do you want, a man? 
uh, at CJ Tenant Twenty Two says uh, thoughts on Tottenham securing Champions League play next year despite us losing nearly every Premier League match in the last two months. Um, I don't even really want to talk about the top four as a United fan. It's been a um, really tough last couple months. Um, you guys are fairly close to, to getting Champions League football next year, no? Uh, we are in the Premier League, so yeah. Um, and he, up. he, he, uh, finishes as Shane green for MVP, um, which, which probably isn't going to happen. MVP for uh, closers. Not so much, not so much, but if he, if it did happen, that'd be impressive. It would be, uh, at Pete underscore ill says last year, we saw the hashtag rally goose. What rally creature will we see this year? Are we looking for a hashtag rally unicorn? Do you see the, the bees today for in Cincinnati? Yeah, there was an infestation of bees, and they had to pause the game. I don't know if the the Reds rallied after that, but yeah, I mean that's the that's the keys. You can't just have the the fluke thing. You it has to inspire you onto victory. That's where that's where a lot of rally animals go astray. Uh, you know, I I don't want a cute animal. I want something kind of I want something dirty and just kind of gritty. I want like I want a possum. Ooh, oh, there you possum. go. Now you're talking a rally possum, a trash panda. Like one staggers. Uh, that's a raccoon. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. So a possum. That's really what I want. They're ugly. They're hideous, and it would make a it would make a great mascot. The rally possum. So this is unrelated to anything we're talking about. But I did I tell you about the foxes at the campground? Uh, I saw that you have them. We have foxes at the campground, and they are my family, and I love them. <laughs> um. Next one comes from Chad Tucker at ctuck underscore 24. Uh, do you tip when you order curbside pickup? Uh, no. No, you're supposed to. The people that the, that like put all the stuff get, together and take curb, it out to you. I don't you, get curbside. Well, I don't, I don't really either, but um, you're supposed to. It's like their entire job is they, they get paid off tips. So you definitely should. Oh, is that right? Um, I mean, you oh. probably should just um, go in and, and order there. But yeah, you, you for sure should, t- should tip them. So we went out for drinks with a couple of other couples the other night, and I was sitting with the dudes, as you do when you go out with couples, you gender segregate. Obviously. And uh, the conversation went on for maybe 20 minutes about tipping about the grocery pickup, like at Meijer, because you can either get shipped or you can get the curbside pickup. And they were like breaking down the relative merits of each, and a lot of it was like tipping. Like if you get it delivered – they tipped, but if you picked it up curbside, then they didn't need, feel they needed to. It's a brave new world out there, all. Do you get shipped? Tipping. Never done it. Me either. I, that, that feels a, a a step maybe too lazy. I'm not sure that I'm willing to, well, to make that one yet. And like people come into your house and like put your groceries away. Don't Are you they? serious? I don't. Not that yeah. that for sure is not happening. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's too advanced. I'm a simple man. Yeah. Simple one. Uh, Nicholas Holler asks if the Red Bull keeps it up, um, could we be could he be a sneaky pick for rookie of the year? He's got some stats. Um, but I threw this one in because I want to to discuss this. Is is Red Bull a thing for Spencer Turnbull? Like, are we doing this? I think our I think Brandon at Bless You Boys kind of got that started. Oh, I'm down. He was push he was pushing that kind of hard. I like it. I mean it makes sense. Red Bull. 
yeah, yeah. I, I'm in and, and I like fine. Brandon. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm for sure. in. let's make this happen. Um, okay. Red Bull it is to man. answer the question. I mean, yeah, it could be in the mix. I, I can't say I've stayed super on top of what all other AL rookies are doing, but I mean, he's, I don't think he's not, he's not that sneaky anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he plays for Detroit like that, that yeah, by itself true. makes you sneaky to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's true. Um, last one is from Alan abs. Uh, which tiger should the Royal baby be named after? Well, isn't there, there's already a Royal baby named after a tiger. Donald. Uh, George, 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 George. no, George, George. farmer. <laughs> Buck. That's true. Buck. Buck's given name is George. That is true. Um, obviously all babies should be named after Don Kelly. Um, I, I oh, think, yeah. I think Nico would, would be, that's a, it's a cool name. Like that, that's a good one. Um, so, uh, Nico's not his given name though, or is not his first name. His is it name. not? Oh man. No. I gotta Cartier. Get Cartier. That's an even better name. Well, this is, is Nico's first name. Who, who passes on that as their name? That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's tough to spell as a kid though, probably. Cartier. I think that's how you say it. Sounds like you should make it's fancy like French. watches. Yeah. Or Carter. Carter. That's less fancy. Yeah. All right. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comerica Eric. And the show is at Podcast Yanos. And we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform listen to the show on. Uh, Eric, been a good show. Anything else to say to the people before we get out of here? No, not really. Okay. I was expecting a little something there. Um, with oh, that... um, I, I struggle to – is is a tire swing a swing or is a tire swing not a, a swing? I think it's a different thing because you, you can do different things on a tire swing than you can on a regular swing. Yeah. So tire swings are pretty fun too. But I, did, I didn't know the, the proper taxonomy, the nomenclature for the tire <laughs> swing. So I didn't even engage it. I, was, right. I didn't want to get into that. That's fair. That's fair. That's all I have to say. Okay. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.